All right, guys, what's up? We've got a super cool guest. The OGs of the kayak fishing community will know exactly who this man is. Um, I first met our, our guest tonight uh, fishing the River Bass and series where he absolutely dominated him and his buddy Tim. Some of y'all already know who I'm talking about. Uh, but without further ado, we have Lance Coley with us on Road Dogging tonight. How's it going? Thank you for joining us, Lance. I, uh, yeah, we were the last year or so, me and Lance have become pretty good friends. We're both kind of, uh, kind of number, number nerds and statistical kind of fanatics. Lance understands that stuff way more than I do, but we've been going back and forth lately about, uh, some different things, uh, ranking systems, kind of deals, but um, he's been helping me with that lately. We'll get to that later. I've got a cool, cool thing to put up on the on the screen later. But you know, Lance, introduce yourself to everybody where you're from, and uh, go ahead and tell us how you how you got into kayak fishing. Yeah. Um, so originally from from Mississippi, uh, but I've been living in well went to Atlanta, Georgia for a few years, but uh, ended up in the Birmingham area, Alabama, been here for 15 years now. Um, so growing up in Mississippi, I waded creeks a lot. Um, did a, did a, had like a co-op job in Alabama and there was a little creek by the, the plant that I was co-oping at and went down to the academy sports and bought a like a nine foot i think it was a pelican vapor yeah so i was like i've been wading these creeks for years i just figured you know try to float it and i really had no idea what kayak fishing was or if it was a thing or anything at that point um that was like 2004. oh wow so you you got in this early there's, there's a lot of guys that start saying 2014 and and that kind of that kind of realm but you're you're 10 years ahead of me yeah if you can call fishing out of a pelican vapor starting kayak fishing then yeah that's <laughs> 2004 well 10 years ago i was in a pelican too that's that i think that's how a lot of people got started is in, is in a, <laughs> a mine actually came from academy too come to think of it hey i mean the the price was right it was like paddling a log i mean it roll on you in a, in a heartbeat but hey if you want to learn balance that's the way to do it and it had i bet it had one of those old molded plastic molded in seats too where, you, where oh, yeah. your butt cheeks got wet because there was nowhere for the water to go oh yeah yeah it was terrible boat but it, it got it got me started oh yeah um, so a couple years later i, I graduated college I, I moved to atlanta i was there for a few years um met drew gregory there uh, about 2006 i think now now let me ask how did, how did you meet drew gregory did you meet him on the water or did you happen to meet him through forums like river bassin or how did how did y'all meet yeah so back then <laughs> way back when uh before facebook and all that was real popular you had the internet forums uh that one in particular was georgia river fishing um there was an Alabama river fishing and a Mississippi river fishing as well, but the Georgia board was probably the most, had the most traffic, I guess. But y'all got a lot of moving water down there. That, that makes sense. Yeah. It, I mean, it, and you say, OG, I mean, a lot of, a lot of those guys don't even tournament fish. Like I don't even, I've lost track of a lot of them. Um, I'm sure life moves on. They don't, maybe they don't even do it anymore, but right. Um, a lot of guys that could just flat catch them that just never really got in the tournament scene when that started kicking up, I guess around 2010. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, met Drew, uh, upgraded my kayak to a ocean kayak caper, fished out of those things for years. Um, and then ocean kayaks were, were a big deal back in the day. There's, I, I don't know the last time I've heard somebody talk about them, but you know, when, when the kayak fishing stuff started blowing up, like when I was getting into it, like 20, 2012, 2013 ish, like if you watch Jim Salmon's, like an ocean kayak was, was a top tier kayak at the time. You know what I mean? Like 
you, you don't ever hear of them anymore. I don't, I don't know. You may know more about that than I do, but I, I don't know the last time I've seen one, let alone have heard somebody talk about one. I really haven't paid much attention to them, but I would assume they probably just stayed with their niche as a wreck boat. Yeah. Um, and, but guys were just adapting them to fishing. I mean, and back then a fishing kayak was a wreck boat with two rod holders. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're totally different machine now. <laughs> yeah. And they're literally machines. Now. I mean, there's all kinds of gadgets <laughs> and stuff on them that, that you just didn't have back then. Um, there's a, th- th- you know, there's, there's still a place for that. We have, I'm sure you would probably be, uh, think this is probably pretty cool, but we have a local group here in Knoxville called East Tennessee Barebones Kayak Fishing, and there's no no uh, pedal systems, no motors, no power poles, no electronics. It's just you, some rods, a kayak, and a paddle, and a life jacket. I mean, that's you know, it it is OG, and I I try to fish one or two a year, and you know it. There's no tourney X. There's, you know, no, no apps. It's you show up at a boat ramp underneath the bridge and everybody shares photos. And there is something nostalgic about that to me that I just absolutely yeah. love when we do that. Oh yeah. That, that, that sounds like a good time. Um, but, um, so, um, you know, the, the first time I met you, Lance, um, was, I don't exactly remember what event it was, but you know, we're talking, um, you know, early, you know, river bassing when, when you and Tim were, were dominating, um, you know, explain to those, uh, you know, kind of what, uh, river bassing was and, and, you know, kind of how that went about or y'all went back to back team of the year. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I'll have to test my memory here. It's been a minute. It's, it's been a little bit. I, I know y'all absolutely threw, uh, blew it out of the water that one year, um, that the championship was at Caney Fork here in Tennessee, but, um, yeah. you know, just, just kind of talk about that. And, you know, I know you're a big river guy, but you know, that's, uh, you know, to tell everybody about all the places you went for, for river bassing. So river bassing kicked up in 2010, I think was the first year. And I, I won the angler of the year that year. Um, I think there was five stops or so. Um, I can't remember where they all were. I know there was one, I think in Atlanta, there's one in Birmingham, which I won. Uh, and and I, without going back and look at some of my journal, yeah, that's that's even that's even before I got into it because I I started fishing these events. Uh, my first kite tournament was 2013, so I I didn't even realize river bassing was I you know I thought river bassing was kind of its first year was was right along with my first year. I didn't realize river bassing was was up and up and rolling even before I knew about it. Oh yeah, and I, I river bassing was never really. Um, there weren't really any cash payouts. It was all prizes and stuff like that. Um, I know 2015 we won, I won the angler of the year again. And there was a, a nice, I think it was 10 grand that I won for that. But I think most of it, it was usually like I had so many coolers and kayaks and I, I was just flipping <laughs> stuff on Craigslist. <laughs> the, the first year I, I won a, a little, like two man camper, two man uh, camper. Yeah. So, I mean, Drew, Drew got some pretty cool prizes, uh, for us. Uh, Drew, so yeah, Drew was, has always had, uh, incredible, uh, prizes like that. That's never been short of, of anything. Um, I remember there was one year, um, the year that the championship was in, um, Kingston, um, mm-hmm. we're going to say circa 2015, 2016, uh, I'll lean heavily on 16. Um, but my, my friends, uh, I don't know if you know, Eric Thomas and some guys that I fish with, there were a couple other guys, Brad, Brad crumb, who's a, a river guy that basically just, he only fishes when he's not allowed to shoot something in the face, you know, hunting season wise. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but Brad's uh, an awesome dude. He we he's went with us to Louisiana a couple times. We've had a lot of fun. Um, a guy that we used to call um, Two Star, uh, Two Star Ben Davis. Um, they they uh, they partnered up uh, Eric and uh, and Ben. And I think 
we went, the four of us went first, second, third, and I finished seventh, I want to say. And they won the team. They won the top three of the individual. And they go through all this stuff. And, you know, outside of the long-term, like, team of the year, you know, angler of the year stuff, you know, they won um, – they won two kayaks, I think, one for the overall. Uh, I think they won two. I think one kayak and then two giant Orion coolers that, that was a staple at river bassing events. That was always a cooler yeah. that was going home with somebody and a big one, too. And Eric still has that cooler. <laughs> What'd you say? I still got two Orion coolers I use pretty regularly, so they're well built. They were, they were cool coolers, man. And that, you know, but I had, I had one, I actually won from something. It was orange and white UT colors. I love that cooler. And somebody stole it out of my truck one time. That's, that's oh. a different story for another day, but, <laughs> um, they won all, they won two coolers. They won a kayak. They won all sorts of stuff. And then we're sitting there and everything's kind of winding down and they go to raffle off Akusa HD and they pulled my name out for the, for the raffle for everybody that was there. And I had nowhere to even put this kayak to even go home. So we had to put the kayak on top of Eric's trailer. So he had two boats on there from them fishing that day and floating together. And then two boats that they had won and coolers, they had coolers strapped to kayaks. They had seats taken off and putting Eric's uh, suburban and had coolers strapped to kayaks. It was, that was one of the craziest event check-ins I've ever been a part of ever. Sat there and ate salsaritas in, in Kingsport, Tennessee on the banks of Watts Bar. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me and Tim at one of – I can't remember what event it was, but, you know, we, we had our own boats, um, and neither one of us had a trailer at the time, and we both won boats at the event. So we, we had – I think I had them double stacked on top of my Xterra and then he had <laughs> one on top of his uh, Tahoe and the other one, I can't remember, had like a flip down rear glass or something. Just had it shoved up in the back or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that year uh, where check-in was at, at Caney Fork, um, I believe y'all took home everything there is to win for, for the individual and the, and the, the entire year's events. I was like, who in the world are these guys? And y'all, y'all had it, y'all had it squared away. You, you would go up there to get something and hand hand Tim a camera, and Tim would be taking pictures of you, and you get down and swap over, and he uh, y'all be taking pictures of each other. And I was like, I was like, these boys came here with the hundred percent intentions to win everything there there is to win, and they came prepared with cameras to take pictures of it too. I mean that that's the way we did it, or at least the way I did it anyway. Uh, Tim fished it pretty heavy all the years, but I really, and I fished some of them all the years, but I really concentrated on 2010 and 2015. I only have so many resources and so much free time and so much vacation. Yeah. So those two years, I was like, all right, so I'm winning the AOI this year. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And yeah. I wish, you know, I tried to look one time uh, to go on to River Bass and uh, website and try to get some of those old tournament results and stuff. Uh, when I got curious, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll say six months ago. It was uh, probably a year ago. We'll go last winter when I didn't have anything to do and I'm just, you know, sitting around. Everybody's, you know, bored, getting cabin fever, right? Yeah. So I actually um, could, looked and couldn't find any of that stuff i was trying to find it to see where all we had went and where all i had went and you know all this kind of stuff and um you know that that, that website was down and i even text drew and was like i was like hey man uh is there any way you could let me know what and he's like oh i could probably pull it up somewhere but i, I don't know i don't know why something's been over. you know you know how drew is it was like oh, yeah. a full full-blown story of of uh why the why the web page wasn't open which you know was was funny but um, you know, there was, there's a lot of that stuff. I wish we could go back and, and look at, cause it's, you know, it's oh, know, I know. one of the first big trails that went around everywhere. And I don't even think drew meant it to be a trail at first, you know, it was just kind of like, Hey, I, I'm going to travel around the country and fish a bunch of places and see who shows up, you know, at least kind of the way I felt like at first. And then it like exploded like 2014 or so, like you showed up at the Knoxville event um, we're checking, was it a, uh, an old kayak shop called uncle limbs, which yeah. I don't think exists anymore, but dude, there was like 70 people there or something like that. And that was like, I was like, Holy crap. 
there's 70 other kayak anglers that fish what like fish rivers and stuff i was i was just like i can't believe there's 70 people here you know yeah and, and it mean, just it exploded kind of its, you know it was kind of ahead of its time a little bit i, I you know I'm, I'm excited to see what his new stuff's gonna do because i i think pulling 40 to 70 people you know 10 15 years ago i mean i, I gotta think that's I mean, it's not the same thing, but it's similar, I guess. I'm yeah, excited to see how that's going to turn out. I think there's definitely like a big uh, a niche for that, and not even like a niche. It's like more of a like a slot. Niche sounds too, you know, kind of um, small for for the 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 capability that that has. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of guys. Um, there's there's one specific guy I'm thinking of in in Pennsylvania that just really gets down with moving water and he shared a bunch of that stuff. And, you know, there's, there's guys like that all over the country, just like my buddy Brad, that would just, you know, if he does go fishing, he likes to be on moving water. And, and you wonder how many guys like that, that are not going to travel and fish other tournaments because they don't want to deal with bass boats and pleasure boats and stuff like that at these big lakes we go to that, that may show up and do, you know, small rivers and, and, you know, put their eyes on new waters and stuff like that. So that's, it's, it's interesting to me, uh, who that will kind of bring out and maybe, you know, maybe we can, you know, get guys like you and Tim back and, you know, look, look around the, and, and look up on the leaderboard and see, see y'all in different places a little more often. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, definitely get back into my strong suit. I've learned a lot since river bassing went away. I'm a lot, you know, more, um, versatile, I think, as an angler, uh, just having to fish lakes, fishing some of the other national trails. Um, is, is that going to be your primary focus this year? Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I again, I'm kind of I'm family man now. Um, I'm probably not going to chase the whole trail, but I'm definitely going to hit the three closest ones. Um, at least that's the plan anyway, Lord willing. Um, the, I think the Georgia and the Missouri event and then uh, his national championship, which I assume is central Tennessee somewhere. Have, um, have you ever been to Missouri at uh, any of those old river bassin stops to maybe go kind of where the new one might be kind of overlapping water somewhere you've actually been over there? I don't think where he's going this year or in 24 is the same waters, but he did have one, I think, in um, – Actually, I'm pull up my my tournament log. <laughs> um, he did go over there. What uh, what was that? Was that 2017? Last year. Anyway, he was over there at some point, but it was a different part of Missouri. Gotcha. Um, so I don't think I think it's going to be totally new water, and he probably intended it that way. Um seems to be something he wants to kind of tout for that series as new water for everybody um what um so you mentioned you know mostly you know events closer you know closer to home what's your uh uh local kite trail are you are you iron city yes iron city um one of the tournament directors for iron city along with dan perry and uh, a few other guys uh Jacob Mott, who is you may not have ever heard of, but he's an absolute hammer. He won AOI for the second time in a row this year. Is that, is that the one that the edge Dan out? Dan was second in that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dan got second. Um, I was uh, distracted with ACAT this year, and uh, I was I was that's like, y'all's more like state level kind of travel, more Alabama trail, correct? I I started ACAT this year with that in mind to try to hit um, at least one club's maybe premier event of the season or one of their more popular ones, trying to hit each of the different watersheds, you know, different types of fisheries in the state, uh, higher entry fees, uh, bigger purses. Um, and thought it turned out well. We, we averaged, I don't know, we, our biggest event was at a, um, Smith Lake, we had 29 sign up for the ACAT pot. That's 29 at $110 a pop. So there, that was a pretty big purse. I can't remember 
exactly what it was, but um, I know it. The other events we were averaging anywhere from like thirteen to seventeen. So, but even at that, we were paying out a thousand dollars, just about you know, nine hundred thousand dollars to the winner. So, um, y'all don't have an Alabama Bass Nation, correct? No, um, for for whatever reason, uh, the Alabama clubs are, are kind of they're almost tribal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm using that term in as nice as I can. And for 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 those that that don't know, I, I I chuckle when he says that because they're, um, the the, you know they they have like intermingling, like they fish each other's trails, but they they don't want to have like a like they don't want to be under like a KBF or or cast style for Tennessee. They just kind of want to do their own kind of little thing and then just meet up at the end and just kind of do whatever and there, there ain't nothing wrong with that that's just um you know it's 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 funny they all have different nuances uh in in their rules and stuff that they're all kind of um really yeah, i know i've showed up to um a few uh naca events which is north alabama kayak anglers and I, I remember the first event i showed up down there had no idea i just was like oh i want to go fish a tournament at gunnersville on my way to somewhere else you know and um i showed up captain's meetings at like 4 30 in the morning and they have the captain's meeting before the tournament on saturday and um you have to have a specific board you have to have which then you know we all had plastic boards but they had specific boards that had um the, the bump board sticker the bump board sticker yeah it was a different type of bump board sticker where it had you know north alabama kayak anglers on top and then three or three or four open little squares and you basically took a sharpie they gave you a code and you wrote it on the bump board so it was in all the pictures and i thought that was just like the smartest thing ever at the time because that was still like you could show up to a small tournament at that point in time and they might hand out playing cards for an identifier you remember Mm -hmm. those days don't you lance oh yeah so yeah, that was still, works. you know, that was, you know, there might have been Tourney X then. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, th- at that time, having Sharpie and writing it on your board, on the bump board, so like it showed up in every fish, was genius to me at the time. <laughs> yeah. And and just to, to backtrack a little on, on the tribalism, uh, I think <laughs> this year – probably marked an unprecedented level of cooperation among the clubs in Alabama. A lot of the rules have been aligned. It's not to the level of, um, what is, is it cast in Tennessee? Yeah. Cast. Yeah. Uh, but we, we aligned a lot of the rules anyway. So there's less, uh, chances of people messing up that want to club hop. And, uh, and there's a lot of good guys down there. Like that's, um, you know, I travel and fish all over the place and, and Georgia has some, or, uh, or yeah, Alabama, my bad, not Georgia side note. That's y'all are going to start hating on me now. I got <laughs> Georgia and Alabama confused, but, um, well, Alabama you, has I'm, a lot. Lucky for you, I'm a Mississippi state fan. So I'm, I'm <laughs> but, um, Alabama has, you know, a, a lot of really helpful directors down there with, with you and Dan um the the guys from NAC, what is it the uh mayfield uh yeah, that Nate, does the Nate mayfield. Uh, um yeah, spencer and sam and luke and, and the coleman jo- joe drowns from from yak and grass yeah. it's yeah. um you know there's there's a lot of really good dudes that run stuff and i think it was one of those things where you know well, at some yeah, point steve and ryan down at river region too they're yeah i'm i'm not sure if i've i've met them a whole lot um but that's that's probably the one just because they're so much further away. You know, they're, yeah. they're definitely the further furthest group from me, and I've never even I don't even know what the closest I've even fished a mobile is. It's probably probably not close. Probably well, Pensacola is probably the closest I've been. That was for they're in Montgomery, uh, so they're they're not quite the mobile, but there's Mobtown in Mobile that I, I think they're pretty new. Um, Gotcha. I think that's that might be the one Garrett Wade was talking to me about this weekend. That might have been why it was fresh on the brain. Yeah, yeah, I think he's down there. Or I think he's fish anyway. 
Yeah. The um a bunch of good dudes down there. Joe actually uh brought me an identifier at like ten o'clock at night when I was fishing his uh the native and yak and grass event. He actually brought me a native identifier at like ten o'clock at night. I was sleeping in my truck in the Walmart parking lot and was sitting there looking through and I'm like, identifier, identifier, what in the world? I'm like, I'm missing something here. So I I text him and I was like, Hey man, I said, I know uh you told me if I ever needed anything when I was down here, give you a call. And I was like, I may need something, but I'm not a hundred percent sure I need anything. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm up a Creek and I don't know whether I'm trying to go down or still trying to go up. And he was like, he's like, man, I'm only, you know, 10 minutes or so I can meet you at this gas station. I've got extra ones printed out. And I'm like, let's go, you know, and you know, that event worked out great, you know? So, you know, shout out to Joe. There's, there's a lot of good directors now, Alabama, and I've, I've been fortunate to meet quite a few of them. But what uh what's the furthest you've ever went? Um, we'll kind of get back on on track here, right? Back on the back on the questionnaire. That's not really a questionnaire. It's just you know whatever. But what is the furthest you kind of went? You know, is is you know one of those river bass events the furthest you went to, or have you went to you know something else that was further away? What's the, what's what's the furthest Lance Coley's ever made it? The furthest is let's see. Well. I guess to give a kind of a global thing, I've, I've fished in 19 different states. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a nerd. I track everything. Um, I, uh, we're going to get to that and people are going to find out. We're going to say that to the end. I got graphics for that. Well, I keep a logbook of all my tournaments and where I go. I've fished in, uh, it's up to 262 rivers and creeks in 19 different states. Um, that's not counting that's the awesome. lakes. I hadn't, I hadn't counted the lakes, the new lakes I've fished over the past four years since I started, you know, some of the Hobie and Bass stuff and and everything else. But uh, I guess the furthest would be Susquehanna. Uh, the, I think the it might have been the last river bassing event um, in 2016, I believe, was on the Susquehanna. So that, that was pretty far away. Um, other than that, um, I've been to parts of Florida, which I know I'm in Alabama, but Florida's like 13 hours long. <laughs> yeah, no kid. Um, no kid. And that's a boring drive, too. I don't care oh, where you're from. It, it's that's a terrible drive. Uh, yeah, it is. Went to PK in Texas for the bass event. Um, oh, <laughs> here's a funny one. So, um, back when river bassing was it was one of the you know he, it kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit bit one year it was mostly online tournaments i think yeah and he had a regional um like regional online tournaments um and one of them he did just like a general out west tournament uh and i don't think anybody out west really knew what river bassing was so there was like eight people signed up for it but it just happened to be the year that my buddy got married and he wanted to go to Vegas for his bachelor's party. <laughs> so I'm like, what, what kind of kind of rivers are in the Vegas area? So uh, I got to looking around leading up to this bachelor party trip and ended up planning my arrival and departure around winning this Western river Basin online, online tournament. <laughs> um, Ended up flying into Phoenix, Arizona, and, and the Salt River runs through Phoenix, and I found out that there's bass in it. And I'm like, so, and no, I wanted to drive from Phoenix to Vegas anyway, just to sightsee a little bit because I'd never yeah. been in that part of the country. Uh, so I flew into Phoenix, rented a uh, an inflatable kayak. I packed my reels in a small tackle box. I bought like a $15 rod from Walmart and a, uh, I went fishing on the Salt River and, and won that won that online event. Oh my gosh, that's freaking awesome! Arizona flying <laughs> river event and somewhere you'd never seen before. Never Did you seen catch that. any good ones? I, I caught like a nineteen that day. Um, so yeah, it was some surprisingly good quality. And that, I mean, it was basically. I mean, you, you imagine water's pretty scarce out there, but I, I think they. They basically would 
pull water for the city of Phoenix out of this river and it would be dry for like several miles and then it would discharge back into the river as treated water. I was fishing the treated water outflow. And then several miles downstream of that, irrigation pulls the water out again. So there's only like stretches of this river that even have water. Holy uh, crap. But yeah, I, I was fishing the stretch between the treated water discharge and the irrigation intake pumps or whatever. That is <laughs> wild. But yeah, that, that is that is an all-timer right there. I, <laughs> I feel like you had told me sometime when we were having like you know, we, we were staying for um KFL event or something and you know you we were we were talking about places we've been. I feel like you brought up um you know fishing in Arizona, but I don't think I realized you went out there to fish an event, you know, and and won it, let alone, you know, go out there but to to win well, it, show up and win it. Again, it was eight people, so it wasn't that. But still, I mean, that's was, that's pretty cool either way. There's there's a lot of guys that that snipe those online events constantly that that have you know their little honey holes where they go drop a hundred inches every month. But mm -hmm. you know that that was you know quite a few years ago. So there's not as many people dropping a hundred inches. That's still I mean, that's a cool story. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I flew to Arizona and caught some. You know, how long of a flight did you have out here to Vegas? Oh, I actually flew into Phoenix and won a tournament and then just drove up here, guys. It's, it's good to see you. Like, what? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, so would you consider yourself a, like a, like a finesse guy or like a power fishing guy? Cause I, I feel like what, what little I know you, I don't actually know the answer to this question. I would probably say fairly neutral. Yeah, I would say that. Um, I, I favor power fishing, but I'm not afraid to finesse fish. Um, generally my method is to power fish until I find something. And then I'll, if I feel like, you know, if I catch something on a spinnerbait, uh, usually before I move on, instead of just powering through trying to catch more on spinnerbaits, I'll pick the area apart a little bit. You know, I'm not going to sit there all day, but I'll flip a jig or creature bait or something around just to see if there's anything I can clean up. Because, I mean, your course mobility now is a lot easier than it used to be uh, with motors. Um, oh, yeah. But I guess that's something I just learned you know, being in a paddle craft, most, most of my, um, I won't call it career, but for lack of tenure. Better word, yeah. <laughs> tenure. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just taught me to not be afraid to slow down. Um, it's not my first choice, but I, I, I do use it as cleanup or, and, and if bites tough, I'm not afraid to pick it up. What a, you're kind of a spinnerbait guy. Is that, is that your primary go-to locket in your hand if, if you're somewhere new? Yeah, um, a lot of times that is. And and it is, it can be a little situational. Um, I found it's more situational on lakes. If, if I have current, I'm not afraid to throw it all day. Um, oh, yeah. Lakes, it's, you know, wind, shade, whatever. Yeah. You know, they tend to have there's situations where they shine better. Um, I may pick up a chatterbait. Um, I like the cross-sized chatterbaits because I can double them as a jig. I can flip them and then roll them back. Um, love topwater, uh, spooks and ploppers, buzzbaits. Um, there was, there was, I'm a little more diverse in my tackle these days, but for a long time, I'd have three rods. I'd have a button and it was my, I'd call it my skirts, uh, buzz bait, <laughs> spinner bait, jig. That's all you need. You got top, middle and bottom. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that, that did me a lot of good for many years. Oh yeah. That's, you know, I don't, um, I don't throw a jig probably nearly as much as I should. A lot of times if I'm, you know, flipping or dragging the bottom, I've got some, you know, big, big Texas rig or something that I'm, you know, flipping around, um, which is crazy because, you know, growing up fishing with my dad, fishing boat tournaments and just fun fishing, you know, that was, that was all my dad wanted to do was, you know, go, go flip a jig. So, um, 
you know, it's it's funny to think about that and, you know, how little I probably throw it when I know I probably should throw it some more. But um, the, the skirts, I like that. I'm going to have to use that because I, I do throw a buzz bait and, a, you know, a spinner bait or, uh, or thunder cricket a lot. So I'm, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to incorporate that and got, got my skirts with me. <laughs> of course then again if i if i got all this long hair and i start putting it up putting up in my hat like this somebody's gonna somebody might accuse me of something something that they shouldn't you know if i start yeah, talking could. about my my skirts and my kayak just gotta be careful when you use that terminology don't use that around sisto or lambert or anybody that can give me a hard time that just loves messing with people yeah that, that, those hard times come especially when you win a lot Hey, I, I, I'll dish it out. So I got to take it. I, I know how it goes. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm that guy. I, I deserve a lot of what comes to me. I I'm fully aware of that. <laughs> so what, um, what, what's your favorite place you you've ever been to? I know, uh, we, we, we've had a little bit of this conversation before. What's, what's your favorite? You, you need to rank them one, two, three. If, if you've got a couple that you can't decide on. Mm, I mean, that, I knew this question was coming and I still don't know the answer to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, if I can speak in general terms and then maybe get more specific after this, but I am most at home on small water and not just from a proficiency standpoint. I just, I just love it. I, I like getting yeah. in the water. I like wading. I like, um, being able to almost see everything um uh, like you know you know sight fishing uh, so any small creek or river in the southeast is my favorite place to go <laughs> that's awesome um, i got the the cahaba river here in my backyard and this it's not really a world-class fishery it's amazing biological treasure it's one of the most biologically diverse watersheds in the in the world much less the nation. Um, but I mean, it's full of spotted bass and you can catch some nice ones every once in a while. Uh, but yeah. I, I like going there just because I just, I feel, feel more connected to that type of water. Oh yeah. Um, uh, the Susquehanna, I've only been once. That was an amazing place. Um, oh yeah. Definitely. I would love to go back one day. Um, it's, that's a pretty good trip. So maybe, maybe once, uh, maybe once my son's out of the house or something, I'll, start making those longer trips again um but yeah I, you could probably put name any river that's got bass in it and i'll just say it's my favorite place uh, that's that's fair there ain't nothing wrong with that that's uh <laughs> there's there's a lot of small places like that 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 don't deserve to to get mentioned because they uh you know will, will get burnt and have have mm -hmm. their own hidden gems of of uh of places that you know most people would never expect and that's that's what makes them so special yeah so going back to your uh statistical love of numbers we're gonna go ahead and uh get into uh one of the cooler things i think you know that that you have done or just really anybody's done um everybody's you know pretty much everybody's familiar now with the the kbn rankings at the, at the end of the year every year um something that lance did last year with the kfl was do power rankings for the kfl teams for you know 28 or how, how it was about how many there was 28 give or take yeah i think 28 or 24 or something like that and uh lance would have this incredible spreadsheet constantly of um power ranking all the teams and i thought that was just awesome you know i'm i'm a numbers guy um a lot of people don't know and some of y'all ain't gonna believe i was on the math team one time in high school and uh i was i was an alternate but it still counted <laughs> um so I, I like numbers obviously but uh you know lance put together something really cool this year he called it the alabama kayak bass trail power rankings is that right did i hit it all right i, I think so something like that so, something like that it's power ranking the best kayak fisherman in alabama short right. short version so i'm gonna put this graphic up here let y'all kind of look at it and let kind of lance talk about you know how he went about this 
So there's the graphic. Um, it's probably going to be hard to see. Some of y'all might be able to see it, but Lance, tell us a little bit about how this came to be. So I, I guess I was kind of building off what, um, what I did for the KFL and, and that, and this is roughly, uh, based off like the NCAA RPI calculation that, you know, they use to seed tournaments. Um, where, you know, that takes into account both your record, your competitor's record and your competitor's competitor's record. So it's, it, it's got a strength of schedule element to it. Um, but it relies on head to head matchups. So it's, you know, with KFL, we had head to head matchups between, you know, we had team versus team. So it was pretty easy to do, but over the, winter i was like there's got to be a way to do do this for you know individual anglers and and i just kept thinking about it and i was like it's gonna it's possible it's gonna be a lot of data but it's possible so i just decided to take all the tournaments in alabama and break them down basically into head-to-head matchups so if 40 people sign up then you have i guess what 39 head-to-head matchups um for one angler and then 39 head-to-head matchups for the second i mean it it's i think it it, it gets out of control in a hurry it's a lot of data and i think just in alabama with our five main clubs in in the north part of the state i didn't include mob town because they're kind of isolated down there and and the method requires some cross competition to keep everything even um, right. make it calculate correctly. So, but even with just the five clubs, you know, and each club averaging probably six or seven events a year and, you know, 20 to 30 people in the event, I think I had somewhere around 15,000 head to head matchups to calculate. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's, it's a ridiculous amount of data, but w- once I got everything set up, it was just a matter of copying and pasting everything and getting it in there. But anyway, it's, I guess beyond that, I'm having to adapt something that was built for college sports to fishing, which isn't exactly apples and oranges. So I made some some of my own tweaks to try to represent it a little better, at least in my eyes. And so it's, it is my kind of my own thing. It is, it's based off the RPI, but I've got some tweaks in there. Um, for instance, the consistency index and the A-game index. Uh, consistency index is probably the most like the RPI because that takes every every uh, head-to-head matchup that an angler does and comes up with that number. Uh, and that's basically their head-to-head against everybody that they could go head-to-head against. That's their you know, winning percentage, essentially, like a – is it's, that kind of typically what that is? It's not really a winning percentage because the, the RPI is um, it's it takes into your account your record, uh, your competitor's record, and your competitor's competitor's record. So your record may be, you know, 0.8. You might end you might win 80% of your matchups, but maybe you fish against people that don't do well most of the time. So the second factor is 0.3 because they only, you know, as a, as a group, they only win 30% of their matchups. And then you also, your competitors, competitors as well. So you're, you take all those and put them together as a weighted average. And that's how you come up with, with these numbers. Um, So as you can tell it, it's, pretty tight it comes it's hovering around you know 0.5 for the most part Um, yeah these these numbers are 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 close i mean if you start looking at them you know some of them are obviously they're they're highlighted blue for those that are looking at the table there's there's some obviously the darker blue the better and they kind of get towards a white neutral if they're kind of in the center a lot of these numbers are 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 a hundredth of a point apart or, or a tenth of a point apart or something to make such huge differences of, of, of where they are. And a lot of them ain't even that far 
I mean, some of these that are in the red or, or you know, point four five, and uh, Dan, who's dominating some of the consistency index, is like a point five eight. Um, so they're so, they're really close still. In in, I wouldn't concentrate too much on the actual value of the number. It's just a comparison thing, right? Um, and you can kind of see on the on the right with the uh, with the bars how how those actually look as far as when you're comparing them kind of against themselves, right? Kind of a, right. a, a spatial, a little bit more spatial awareness on those. Yeah. You, you can kind of, yeah, exactly. You can get a better idea of how, how they relate to each other instead of, you know, out to the third or fourth decimal point. But the, the number itself doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it is built off those records, but since there's so many matchups, um, you know, at, at some point you start getting into the, 50 50 odds yeah. coming in because just there's so many numbers and right. you end up statistically like you're going to win half of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it does get tight, but I, I, the way, the way the names came out just from like the eye test, I, I think I agree with um, the order that it spit out. Like if you ask me who had the best year, Dan Perry easily. Yeah, and, um, and you you can see that in a lot of like uh, the comparisons where um, guys that fish a lot of events, guys like Chuck Wise, guys like uh, what is it, Sam Cox? I think fishes a bunch of events in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Dan, um, rent names that you know more people may recognize just from seeing them on leaderboards. You know, you can see that in one of these matchup columns where, you know, they've got a dark blue line. They, they've got over 400 matchups where they're, you know, kind of comparing other events. I mean, some of these guys fish, you know, 17 events just within the state of Alabama this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that kind of rewards kind of more of a consistency index, right? Where guys that are fishing more are kind of slightly rewarded more based yeah. on if they are consistent. There's a, so there's a little bit of a, a performance bump based off the number of it's not big because i didn't want it you just you know if right. you fish a bunch of events you automatically do well in this index but recognize that some guys cherry pick their events and they may fish five events that year but they fish five events that they know they're going to do well at right but if they go to any other lake they may not do that well so i didn't want to make those the the cherry pickers stand out too much um because again just from that you know i test you know how i actually feel how people performed in general i when i did it without that it had some guys that are way up that i'm like you know they're good they're really good on their home body of water but when they get out um maybe they're not as consistent so you kind of combated that on that on that file. Uh, so, sp spoiler alert: Lance actually um, kind of shared shared what he was kind of doing with me, and and I was looking at it. I'm trying to do one for the state of Tennessee, right? So, some of y'all are going to hear that and be like, "Oh gosh, what is what is going to come from that?" Um, but there is like y'all in Tennessee know, like Lance just said, there's fifteen thousand data points and five clubs in Alabama. Well. I basically sent out a bunch of messages and emails. Um, there are 10 cash clubs, a couple clubs that are not in cast. Um, I'm going to include Tennessee Bass Nation because a lot of those guys, that's our chance to compete against each other, you know, throughout the state. So I'm looking at like 13 um, series trails that I'm going to, you know, incorporate. And, you know, some of those are small, some of those average 10 or 12 people. Um, and some of those like the Bass Nation, I mean, they average like 80 people or something like that. So, um, I'm going to be up to my eyeballs, um, in data for the next little bit, trying to kind of re, <coughs> excuse me, trying to repeat what Lance has done in Alabama. Um, you know, obviously we've got a great group of guys in Tennessee and a lot of events. So I think that's, um, you know, a kind of a fair thing to do for, for Tennessee to try to see, you know, kind of how that goes. But um, 
one of the things I noticed Lance did to kind of combat, you know, what we were just talking about was have like a home field advantage. Wasn't that kind of on that, that sheet somewhere where there's a minor adjustment for, you know, if somebody is not fishing against a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, so NCAA RPI, they, they account for a, a home field advantage. Um, so I thought it'd be, I guess, status quo to <laughs> include that here. And I, I think it, it probably does hold true to some extent. Um, NCAA, I, I think it's different for the different sports, but it's, I think it's usually around 10 to maybe 15%. Um, I decided just to use five because I, I don't know really how much home field advantage really works on in fishing. Cause I, I think it has to do with water body type more than anything, but right. considering that some people just have honey holes that they know they can go to, <laughs> um, I wanted to do something. So basically if, if you're, if you're, uh, the, the spreadsheet calculates what your home club is based off where the most matchups you have are. So I had the most, you know, I fished in three different clubs, you know, but I had the most matchups in Iron City, so that's what it decided to me. Um, it does that for everybody. So if I would go to a Coleman event and fish against guys that are that it says that has the most matchups in Coleman, then I'm at an away game, so I get a five percent bump. Um, if there's a guy there that's also at Iron City, I don't get a bump against him because we're both away. So. <laughs> Um, gotcha. That makes sense. That um, I wasn't and, sure exactly how that worked. If that was a, um, was like a percentile detractor of where you fished locally, or if it was a, you know, you know, a bump, you know, additional, you know, kind of, uh, for, for a way, which you explained was, was, you know, an additional bump away. So yeah. that actually, you know, learn, learn me some when you, when you did that. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about on this, on the spreadsheet? You know, some of y'all can see, you know, kind of how many, uh, events some of these guys fish, but. So one of the, the, the a game index, the, the power, the overall power index house rank, the, and it's the average of the consistency in the a game index. I think, I think I'm just, I think I explained the consistency index and it's got a lot of those little tweaks in it. Um, the A-game index is basically, um, I developed a uh, point system that grades everybody on a 100-point scale. Um, and so what I did is I took everybody and put it on a master AOI list for their five best events. So I think... I think Chuck won five events this year. So I think he actually had <laughs> 500 points. Like he was perfect score. <laughs> that does um, not surprise me with Chuck at all. So, but everybody else, you know, somewhere below 500 points. And, and then I just normalized that range of zero to 500 points to the same range of the consistency index that 0.45 to 55, just to, just to get the numbers similar enough where I could average them. Uh, if you notice on on that one, Chuck's A game is the highest number, but he's not as you know. I think he had a, he's the only one that has a point five five. Um, yeah, there was yeah. there was another one that was really high too. Um, Wayne yeah. Wayne, Wayne Harris. Harris uh, he is a River Region uh, master, um, but he wasn't, and not that he's not a great angler. I, I think he, he's just. I think a couple of events just didn't treat him very well, but because he, he actually, he doesn't travel much, but usually when he fishes out, he still does pretty well. But uh, for whatever reason we, this we year, gotta... every, go ahead. Uh, every, was, for whatever reason this year, every time Wayne left river region, he didn't do well. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've consistent. got some guys like that, man, that are, that are hammers. I, uh, you know, I'm um, guys that, that, you know, I, uh, we got a guy here locally, Joey Barry. Uh, he doesn't leave, you know, Watts Bar, Chickamauga a whole lot. But man, when, when he does, he he still hammers them. 
Um, he actually fished the uh, Bassmaster down there in South Carolina for the Classic and had a, had like an eighth place or something like that. And that was, uh, you know, that was one of those events where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to see whether, you know, he travels or just, you know, fishes Watts Park Chick and he shows up down there and wrecks him. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he, the, the dude's a hammer. Not that we didn't know that, but, you know, there's, there's always that aspect of, of, uh, does this guy just fish here in these few, you know, couple lakes? Does he know this lake really well, or does he, you know, know how to catch them, catch them? You know what I mean? And that's that's not, you know, a, a knock to any of those guys, but, um, you know, everybody has their different priorities of how they want to go about learning a lake or learning a fishery or learning a river system or, or whatever it is. So, um, and that's why, that's why I wanted to break it out into in a consistency index to, you know, the guys that are, pretty good everywhere but recognizing that um you know you got guys that are specialists or um they're maybe they're homebodies and they don't fish a lot of tournaments but they're really good at what they do um i didn't want especially when i, I had that kind of massaging uh number in there to give people that have more events a little bit more buffer because part of that is you know you know, the more events you fish, the more likely you are to screw up. So <laughs> yeah. it kind of gives those guys a little buffer on that end too. But for the guys that are really good at their home events, they're specialists or really good on a particular lake, or they're really good under certain conditions. Um, I'll, I'll pick on Chuck. Chuck doesn't seem to do very well in the Tennessee river system. <laughs> so he, he fished like three or four tournaments up there and didn't do very well at all. Um, but he won five events this year. So on water that he's good at, he's really, really good at. Oh, yeah. So that A game, when you're on your A game, watch out. You know, I, I got I got that index in there, averaged with the consistency index. And I, that was the best way I'd come up with to give a good overall indication of how good of an angle, uh, how good an angle was. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm excited to get, you know, uh, I've got probably, um, I've probably got four trails, four or five trails that have probably sent me sent me their info, or I've either gathered their info off TourneyX myself, copy and pasting, because I couldn't sit and wait for them to send it to me, so I kind of did it the hard way. Um, but I'm I'm so interested to see how that kind of turns out for for Tennessee and kind of how that shakes out, because I'm you know I, I don't know all the guys on the Alabama, and sometimes you know I'll just pull it up and just kind of look at it and be like, Hey, I'm trying to understand what's going on so I can duplicate it myself for Tennessee and B, man, that's a lot of information. That's really cool. Cause it, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, just in, in, enthralled, I guess, or whatever the word I'm looking for by, by just the amount of work that just went into that spreadsheet to get all that stuff together and all the tables and stuff that it's in there. Yeah. It, it was quite an undertaking. It took, several months to pull it all together really um, just working on it here and there when i can so but now that's built it, i mean it still takes some work to you know input data and and move stuff around to make the calculator work correctly but it shouldn't yeah. be as big a deal moving forward <laughs> let's let's hope not right <laughs> hope hopefully other than the massive amount of data input that you have in tennessee hopefully it'll it'll spit something out that's i mean I'm so excited to see that one of the things that I think is, you know, we, we talked about the more you can compete against each other, the, the better. And, you know, that's one thing that I think we've got so many clubs in Tennessee and guys compete against each other constantly. And then you have, uh, we have the ability to pull in the, the Tennessee Bass Nation where we go against all these different places. I'm pulling in a couple charity events like Fishing for Soldiers where, you know, a lot of the guys are all fishing one event at the same time, which doesn't normally happen too. So we actually have a lot of this intermingling of, of different guys from different places all fishing at the same time on the same body of water. So, you know, that should be able to kind of get a better comparison of, of all that based on the cross-referencing and, you know, fishing against different anglers and another angler anglers record and all that. You would, you explained to us that I'm not, nearly uh able to explain as, as well as you did but um i can't well, wait to see what it looks like you almost think of it as like out of conference or cross conference play you know that's where the rpi would treat it you know people fishing across different clubs and 
it, it kind of requires that for the calculation to, to really work well. You got to have something to compare um, across the entire population, which is why I left Mobtown out because they're so far down in South Alabama that no, <laughs> nobody really fishes down there and they don't really fish up here. So it wouldn't, it would have been a, just a data set just stuck in the middle of it. And it may not have been representative of how they would fare or how we would fare down there. So you, you gotta have some, um, some folks crossing club boundaries to, um, to make it work, which most states probably do. Or at least I know Alabama and Tennessee does. <laughs> yeah. well um what, what are your plans we'll, we'll, we'll kind of ease our way out of here what's what's your plans for next year we got we talked you know the kind of new revamped uh river series that that drew's running is uh you got any other plans you're gonna iron city again next year you think yeah um still planning on helping run iron city um we usually do six or seven eight events a year around the birmingham area um uh going to do ACAT again, which is the kind of the high roller pot, um, probably five events again. Uh, and that, that, that makes a pretty busy year already. So that and probably three of Drew's events, that'll pretty much fill me up. I'll be somewhere around, I think I had 12 events year, this year. I'll probably be 12 to 15 next year. I got you. Pretty solid. That's fast that's, coming to Gunnersville, so I'll probably try to do that one again too. Yeah, I will. I will definitely see you there on that one. I don't, I don't know how many more events we will we will run into each other next year, but I can promise you, I, we will see each other at that one. Hey, hey uh, come down and fish some ACAT events. You, you know, it, it'll be worth your entry fee. Yeah, thousand dollars. I'm I'm down. I I need to come down there and and try to take take some of Chuck's money because uh, <laughs> me 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 and Chuck conversate a lot. We still got believe it or not, we still got a Kusa Kingfisher Kingfisher group text. Um, for those at home, Lance is in that, and uh and and I give Chuck a hard time, and uh I know I know we me me and and Papa Joe go go back and forth uh when we're when we're out trying to meet up at national events but uh the the kusa kingfisher group text still lives and i need to come take some of chuck's money <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad we still got that going by the way that, that's one of my favorite things <laughs> a, absolutely there'll, there'll be some days uh, I, i've got it muted right because when it goes off it goes off <laughs> and it will be quiet for like a month and then one day you'll just open up your phone 114 unread <laughs> Facebook messenger messages or, or whatever it shows, you know, it's like what on earth? And you, you don't know whether Joe McElroy is going to be sending memes or, or uh, Nick, Nick Dyer is posting ratfish and we getting, uh, we get the spotted bass conversation about, you know, legality of, of Kusa spots or this and that. So, <laughs> Um, it, it is an all or nothing group text and, and sometimes it, it goes off like it, like any group text, but it's, it's a good, great group of guys that, that I wouldn't have known, you know, if it wasn't for KFL. So, um, shout out to the, to the Coosa Kingfishers. That was, that was a lot of fun, but, um, <laughs> go ahead. I said, caca, caca, the joke, caca. That I, I need to get that like on a clip. That's what I'm going to get to like play us out or something. Is is Joe McElroy just doing them? Caca. <laughs> get the hair. All righty. <laughs> yeah, get the hair sleeve. We can do it side by side. <laughs> Papa Joe. Well, Lance, we are slightly over an hour here. We will uh, wrap this up. I really appreciate you coming on and, and joining me. Uh, one of the OGs of, of kayak fishing has been doing this basically twice as long as I have, which you know seems seems crazy because I feel like an OG until we get an actual OG in here and they they start talking about events that I didn't even know happened. <laughs> so, shout out to Lance. He's uh he's been uh, super helpful with with a lot of stuff over the last few years of you know having different perspectives of fishing new places and and uh, you know big numbers guys. So we're, we're going to try to knock out this Tennessee power ranking stuff. So thank Good you, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on Jordan. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All righty.
thank you, Lance, for for coming on road dogging. Um, as always, we will have a super fantastic guest next time. Somebody who is uh, maybe not on some of the other podcasts and and bigger, you know, KBN and stuff like that. Somebody that can come on and and tell some fun stories about you know going and, and fishing a tournament in Phoenix on their way to a bachelor party in Vegas. So. Um, as always, I will see y'all next time and Road Dog is out.